I'm going to look really young, but I was born like before they had video games at all. It didn't even exist when I was a kid, which is probably one of the reasons why when I would spend a week on my grandpa's farm, he would always look for creative things for me to do. Like he said that we're being overtaken with Canadian thistles. It sounded really bad. When he said to keep from being overtaken with Canadian thistles, he gave me an implement that looked a little bit like a golf club with a sharp head on it. And he said, um, you know, when we're not milking the cows or feeding the cows or running the lines or doing whatever else we needed to do, you should probably go out and you should weed whack the Canadian thistles. Because it's fun like golf, he said. <laughs> it wasn't, yeah. They were noxious weeds. They were going to take over the farm like a bad science fiction movie. And he said, you need to get out there and you need to weed whack those ugly weeds so they don't take over. We're serious danger of ugly weeds taking over our life when we let ingratitude take root. Am I right? It's true. But sometimes Thanksgiving is just hard. And today I want to talk to you about when Thanksgiving is hard. When Thanksgiving is hard. There are times when um, life is just very, very, very difficult. Uh, like in our church, for instance, you know, we have a, a whole bunch of troubles. You know, people that have wayward kids. That makes Thanksgiving hard. People that have sickness, serious sickness. People, I, they often say, we're meeting with the elders yesterday morning in our regular elders meeting. We have prayer every Saturday morning, and we pray for the people in the church, and um, it was reported that one of our members is very tired, you know, of fighting the illness that they have. That's, I hear that a lot. I'm just, I'm just so tired. That, that kind of fighting illness, that, that can make Thanksgiving hard. Wayward, wayward kids can make Thanksgiving hard. Having someone, you know, missing from the family circle that was there last year can make Thanksgiving hard, right? Sometimes um, we have folk in our church that they struggle with unemployment or underemployment or they, they work really, really hard. They just don't get paid that much or their benefit package keeps shrinking. That's, that can make Thanksgiving really hard, right? I mean, I wouldn't need to go on and on. Uh, Spurgeon, the great English Baptist preacher, said this, we must never tolerate an instant's unbelief as to the goodness of the Lord. Whatever else may be questioned, it is absolutely certain that Jehovah is good. That's, the, that's kind of the answer to what, what do you do when, when Thanksgiving is hard for you? you? You concentrate on the goodness of God. And so I want to talk about that today. And for those of you that like to take notes, there are going to be seven points. God is good even when you are unaware of it. God is good even when you are ignorant that God is good. God is good even when you're arrogant and you don't think you need him. In, in Matthew 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this. He said, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you so you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. And then he's going to explain a little bit what his father is like in, in saying this. He makes his son rise on the evil and the good. He sends like refreshing rain on the just and the unjust. What is the father like? He lets the, sh the sun shine on people who are arrogant, people who are ignorant of him, people who are in rebellion against him. That's how good he is. So God is good 
even when you're unaware that God is good. Can I give you one of my favorite Thanksgiving texts? It's in, it's in Acts chapter 14 and verse 17. It says, yet he did not leave himself without a witness. He did good by giving you rain from heaven and fruitful seasons and satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. Isn't that a beautiful passage? How many of you have, the, how many of you have had the experience of having your heart satisfied with food and gladness like he kind of knew that went together the blood sugar goes up you feel a lot happier you're thinking that right now if i can get out of here and get some food i will feel a lot happier (laughs) i love this psalm i was walking on our farm that we rented a house on a farm years ago and our our older kids were small and I was walking out on a beautiful autumn day and along a ridge and there was a gap in the trees where I could look out over a field that that hadn't been harvested yet and I pulled my little New Testament out of my pocket to read the psalm of the day and this is what I read you visit the earth and water it you greatly enrich it the river of God is full of water you provide their grain so that you have prepared it you water its furrows abundantly settling its ridges softening it with showers blessing its growth you crown the year with your bounty is that beautiful you crown the year with your bounty your wagon tracks overflow with abundance the pastures of the wilderness overflow the hills gird themselves with joy the meadows clothe themselves with flocks the valleys deck themselves with grain they shout and sing together for joy this is a this is a revelation of the character of god he's a giver he's generous he's good even when you are ignorant of it when is it hard to give thanks when you're when you're ignorant of the goodness of god I, my, my dad tried to teach me this um when, when i was a boy um, back then you didn't have direct deposit I, i'm getting old now and i'm always saying back in the day you ever do that back in the day before video games uh we didn't have direct deposit you actually had to take your check to the bank it wasn't easy you know take your check you had to drive your car to the bank everybody else was there you're in line you're waiting in line for everybody to cash their check the old people are like yeah i remember that yeah young people are like oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so my my dad said here's what you should do when you're waiting in line he said you know you're a pastor you should think about all that went into that check you're going to cash you should think about the people that had to get up early in the morning every day and go off and commute to work and then they took some of that money and they gave it to the lord and some of that money is in your check you should be thinking about that you should be thinking about that woman who maybe she doesn't want to but to get her kids through college she gets up and every day she goes off to a job where she's really unappreciated and underpaid and she takes part of that money that she gets and she gives it to god and then some of that goes in your check and while you're waiting in line at the bank you should be thinking about that my dad had a way of making even waiting in line a worship experience there at the bank right that's what thankfulness though is when i think about that kind of thing and then i express it verbally to god but sometimes thanksgiving is hard because we're not thinking and we're ignorant and we're arrogant and we don't realize that with a breath he could blow it away but he doesn't so good then god is good when when life is hard so god is good when you're when you're ignorant of his goodness and and he's good when when your life is hard 
I like this passage in Nahum 1, 7. The Lord is good. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. Raise your hand if you've experienced that he is a stronghold in the day of trouble. Oh, taste and see, David said in the Psalm 34, that the Lord, he's good. If you walk with God long enough, you will utter his goodness, even at times like when your life is very, very hard. I've seen this happen over and over again with Christian people who know the Lord and who love the Lord, and then they go through this valley, and you would think that they might say, well, I'm not sure that God is good right now, but that's one of the things that they often say. I know that God is good. You know, I'm, I, I have treatments for cancer, but I know that God is good. I may not live, but I know that God is good. I lost my job, but God is good. There's something in the heart of a believer that, that is possessed by the Holy Spirit that even when they go through times that are hard and things that are hard, they're aware of his goodness. Corey Ten Boom, you know, she was the woman who was unjustly thrown into a Nazi concentration camp where her dad and her sister that she loved died. And she called herself a tramp for the Lord. She went all over the world telling stories of God's goodness in the darkness of that. And she wrote this. She said about the goodness of God. She wrote, often I've heard people say how good God is. We prayed that it wouldn't rain for our church picnic and look at this lovely weather. Yes, she said, God is good when he sends good weather But God was also good when he allowed my sister Betsy to starve to death before my eyes in a concentration camp. I remember on one occasion when I was very discouraged, Corey said, everything around was dark and there was darkness in my heart. And I remember telling Betsy that I thought God had forgotten us. Betsy said, no, no, Corey. God will never forget us. Remember his word. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. Corey said, there is an ocean of God's love that's available to us, and there is plenty for everyone. So she said, may God grant you never to doubt that victorious love and the goodness of God. This is a key thing. When Thanksgiving is hard, and we're ignorant of God's goodness, or when life is just hard, we want to remind ourselves, like Corey said, that there's an ocean of God's goodness available to us. And we will never, never exhaust it. Third thing, God is good even when you think good has been withheld from you. You ever had something you just kept telling the Lord you needed and he didn't seem to get it? You ever had that happen? Why wouldn't God agree with me that this thing is a good thing for me? Listen to what Psalm 84 says. Psalm 84 verses 10 and 11. A day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God then dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield, and the Lord will give grace and glory, and no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So when a baby is good for you, then God will give you a baby. When a husband is good for you, then God will give you a husband. When a raise is good for you, (laughs) God will give you a raise. When a trial is good for you, then God will allow you to pass through a trial because he loves you and he knows what's good for you. And so when you feel like good has been withheld from you, you want to remind yourself that God is good and he gives what is good to those that he loves and every bitter thing will become sweet. And every hard thing 
will become a burden that the Lord gives and he gives you grace for. When a trial's good for you, that might be what he gives you. And often it's not God, you know, that withholds good things from us. Often our sin withholds good things from us. Let's be honest. Sometimes it's just our own foolish choices. We've been warned over and over again and we ignore what he says. This is what Jeremiah said when he's talking about the judgment coming on people who disobey the Lord. Your iniquities have turned these things away and your sins have withheld good from you. But sometimes we say, well, I don't have this good. It's not his fault. It's, sometimes it's our fault. And other times the thing that we thought was good isn't good. And other times the thing that we didn't think was good is really good. So we have to trust that the Lord knows what is good. In November of 1991, I remember November of 1991 very well. I remember November the 8th, 1991 very well. I remember the night of November the 8th, 1991 very well. You remember this? 9th, 9th of November, 1991. You should remember this really well because you were like, like passing through the jaws of death, bringing Daniel into the world. We were having a home birth because we were dumb as rocks. And so we're... <laughs> We're having a home birth. Can you imagine? It just seemed all neat to have a home birth. If nobody dies, it's a great idea. But anyway, so Dan was born at home that night. They, they came in the room just as he was being born, and they said, Dad, you got to come outside. The, the, the northern lights are showing in Ohio, in central Ohio. Very unusual. I said, I can't right now. We're having a baby, right? So till November of 1991, we had a little boy coming to the world. He's a strapping young man right now. He's a dad, he's a husband, he's a, he's a believer. A little bit later in the month, Marshall Shelley and his wife had a little baby boy. And he lived for two minutes. Two minutes. His whole life was two minutes long. When he died, the nurse said, does he have a name? His dad said, yeah, we're going to call him Toby. Short for Tobiah. Which means God is good. This might be the hardest year ever for you. You may be passing through a very hard time. and So Thanksgiving is hard for you. I just want to remind you to remind yourself that when life is hard, that God is good, you sing of his goodness, you tell of his goodness, you read of his goodness, you speak of his goodness, you meditate on his goodness. It's a consciousness of the goodness of the Lord that will take you through the hardship that you're going through right now. When God is also good when others are bad to you, and eventually you will have other people be bad to you, I know you probably don't even want to, like, don't nudge anybody or look around right now. Just keep to yourself. But, you know, if you live with another person, they sometimes are bad to you. They squeeze the toothpaste in the wrong place, and they persist in doing this for years. They somehow miss the memo about how the toilet paper is supposed to come off the top of the roll like civilized human beings do. Not off the bottom of the roll, where in the darkness of the night you have to grope around for it. <laughs> what kind of sadistic, mad person would do this kind of thing? Year after year after year. They root for the wrong team. 
They only come in the room when your team is losing, the gloats. This happened to a friend of mine once. <laughs> yeah, it's sometimes though, it isn't funny at all. People are bad, like really bad to us. And they do things that are like, what in the world? Why would they slander me like that? Why would they abuse me like that? Why would they mistreat me like that? Why would they take what's mine, take what's not theirs, break this thing? And, and sometimes it's hard for us to believe that God is good because people are bad, but our good God in his good book warned us ahead of time that people would be bad. But he said, but if God is for us, in Romans 8, right? If God is for us, it doesn't matter who's against us. If God is for you, it doesn't matter who's against you. If God is going to be good to you, it doesn't matter who's bad to you. I like, you know, Spurgeon, in, in a fuller quote than the one I started with, said this, when others behave badly to us, it should only stir us up more heartily to give thanks unto the Lord because he is good. Don't you love that? When, sometimes I'm tempted just to read s- sermons by Spurgeon and then let you go home because they're so good. When, uh, but that check I need to deposit, I have to write my own. When others behave badly to us, it should only stir us up more heartily to give thanks unto the Lord because he is good. And when we ourselves are conscious that we are far from being good, we should only the more reverently bless him because he is good. We must never tolerate an instant's unbelief in the goodness of the Lord. Whatever else may be questioned, this is absolutely certain. Jehovah is good. His dispensations may vary, but his nature is always the same. God is stronger than your enemies. God is kinder than your friends. God is closer than a brother. He's bigger than your problems. He can compensate eternally for whatever temporal thing that you're suffering through, whatever injury or loss you sustain. God is that good. And God is good when your future seems bleak or when the future is unclear. And it's at a time like this that we look back and remember the goodness of God, right? This is how it works. You've walked with the Lord for a while. You look forward and you think it does not look good. The future does not look good. You have people in our acquaintance and people, our loved ones and folks in our church that struggle with the, with the, with the trials of aging and we, we kid about them, but they're really not funny, are they? You, you know, you just think that way, and you think, is my mind going to hold out, you know? We kid about it, but it's, it's really not funny. You do think that, you know? You, is my, is my, will I be able to think clearly when I'm older? Will I be able to express my, will somebody have to take care of me? Will my money last, or am I going to be a burden to somebody else, you know? Uh, these are things, you that are young, you don't realize you will actually spend time 